Okay, another big red. A rad flag. A rad a flag. A rad flag. Really cool we don't flags. want red flags or average flags. Flags. No boring flags here. Rad flags. Only red flags. Welcome to Cultivating Goodness, the podcast where we refuse to settle for who we are by pushing ourselves and lovingly encouraging those around us to become the best we can be. I'm your host, Tristan Sinclair, and in this episode, I'm joined by one of my best friends, Julia Alex, to discuss relational red flags, advice, and the ultimate purpose of it all, a conversation you're going to want to buckle up for because there is no sugarcoating here. So what's a red flag that just off the top of your head that we need to be looking out for in a relationship? Definitely being overprotective, especially when there is no commitment there. So this is more for people who aren't in a relationship yet, but maybe there's a boy you're interested in or he's interested in you and you find him being really overprotective, which in some situations is sweet. It's endearing. But anything taken too far exactly say for example somebody else is coming up to talk to you another guy and it just this guy he can't handle it he can't handle it it bothers him so much jealousy yeah jealousy that is a big part of it jealousy even though he's not yours you're not his yeah you don't belong to him and there's been no commitment commitment. no yeah yeah if you are talking to a guy you're not dating you're not in a relationship there that's not commitment he hasn't committed himself to you and therefore he has no right to be possessive and really exactly. shouldn't at any point. Right. One of, one of my teachers at school said that like a number one, a huge red flag for relationships is if you lose your friends or you can't have any friends. Mm-hmm. If the person that you are seeing that dating end up in a relationship with, if they cut off all your other form of socializing, that is a big no, no. Yes. It goes back to the ultimate purpose of relationships is it's not about turning in and focusing on the two of you, a relationship between a man and a woman is supposed to be mirroring and imaging the love for Christ and his church. And that kind of love is not an inward selfish kind of love. It is an outward uh, Mm -hmm. testimony to the community. And so if the guy or the girl is being possessive and jealous and cuts off any other friendships, any other relationships, that is a huge red flag. That reminds me of a chapter in a book that she just went to me confronting christianity i forget the name of the author rebecca mclaughlin bravo in one of her chapters she basically is talking about how you got the exclusive love that is between someone in a relationship and then you've got the inclusive love of people like friends friendships mm-hmm. and how you can have as many as you want and there's there's not a limit yeah. to how much affection you can show with people. You shouldn't have somebody trying to close off that inclusive love. Another red flag to look for in relationships is when he completes you or you complete him in a 50-50 kind of sense. Because this is something that people say a lot in culture is finding your other half, finding that yin to your yang, finding someone who balances, who completes you, which... I understand the whole thing with balance. You should yeah. have somebody who balances you. Who compliments you. But they do not complete you. No. You're a whole person. You're not one half or the other. You're not a shell of a person without a man behind you. A hundred plus a hundred is a lot more powerful than Mm -hmm. 50 plus 50. And so a huge thing to look for when you're just 
just from my observations of other relationships or when you're getting into a relationship of your own is you need to be your own woman and he needs to be his mm-hmm. own man and in order for, you guys will be so much stronger together if you can be your own person individually mm-hmm. and a way if you if you haven't seen this or observed this a huge part about it is can be physical contact clinginess if if the two people in a relationship cannot stand separately from each other, if they cannot be their own person when they are together, if they're constantly bumping and nudging and being all cutesy and flirty, and given there is a time for that and you and there is a playfulness to love, there is a passion about love. But if it's all that, if it's just constant physical contact touchiness, if they cannot be their own person and stand confidently if on their own feet, if they're constantly on the other person's arm and using them as like pulling them into their identity. If if you cannot, you or anyone, if you cannot have your own identity, if you cannot be your own person aside from whoever it is that's completing you, that is a big red flag. You are a whole person and you, you're an independent adult, mm-hmm. I would hope. Yeah, first of all, you should not be in a dating relationship if you're If you're not a whole person on your own, you shouldn't even be going out looking for another Mm -hmm. half. Work on yourself first, make yourself a complete adult, and then if you find someone else along the way, that's great. Exactly. But make sure that they're also make sure that they're also a whole person too. Yes, dear future husband, find God, find yourself, then come find me. And it goes with this other illustration of of a triangle. You and whoever that you're looking to be with that God has for you in the future are constantly working upward toward Christ. You run toward Christ. You, in your own heart, pursue Christ. And if you find a good Christian guy running beside you, introduce yourself. That's the way it should be before you find someone. That's the way it should be when you find someone. And then if you end up tying the knot with whoever it is, you should constantly be pursuing Christ because he is the ultimate source of love who pours into us. And we cannot perfectly love someone in and of ourselves. The only way that I can love you or we can love whoever we might end up in a marital relationship with is by taking the love that God's pouring into us and pouring that love out of our overflow, being an outsource of God's love to others. You can never love somebody else fully and properly until you're first loving God. If you are in a right relationship with God, you're going to be in a right relationship with another God-fearing man or woman, whoever you are watching this. Yeah, it's focus on that relationship and it'll pour out into your other relationships. If he doesn't get on his knees in prayer, he doesn't deserve to get on a knee with a ring. A man of God doesn't just open up a door. He opens up his Bible. A man of God does not just go to church with you on Sundays. He encourages you with your walk with God on a daily basis. And so finding someone who there might be words and verbal confirmation, but look at their patterns. Look Look at the big picture. Let enough time pass before you put anything down in stone so that actions can build up whatever words may be expressed. He may say that he is a God-fearing man and he may seem like that by all accounts, but let time pass so that you can let that show itself. Words are powerful, but they are limited. You need actions to back that up. You shouldn't take necessarily advice from radio. his radio. <laughs> but, source. But, I was listening and it said that you should not commit to like a lifelong relationship like um you shouldn't Mm -hmm. marry someone unless you've known them for a year and a half yeah at least my personal thing is i want to get married minimum 25 after i have known and seriously been together with a person for three years 
which sounds like a bit much, but I just don't trust myself. No, that's... And I want to have time to, like, yeah, that's valid. set in stone. Like, let's go through a couple seasons together. Let's take time. Let's yeah. go through a couple seasons together. Well, and you want to make sure that you've seen them in every situation, yes. with every emotion. Do not marry someone until you've gotten them in front of a computer with slow internet. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our generation. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But really, though, it's that's a way to see patients. See them in multiple contexts. At church, at school, at a restaurant, at a park, you know, that way you can see like, because there's certain contexts where they may be perfectly confident and really owning it at school, but they just might be out of their minds at McDonald's. I don't know. Oh, no. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so see them in context where like you get to see their full picture and not just like one side of them. Well, another thing about the whole year and a half thing mm -hmm. is that's how long the period of affection lasts, basically the honeymoon phase. Mm. If you haven't reached that yet, it's really easy to overlook flaws and just yeah. be like, oh, it's fine. Or think, oh, they'll change. They won't. Because psychologically, something I saw on the internet, because you know, the internet never, never lies. Abraham Lincoln mm -hmm. said that. <laughs> <laughs> is psychology says it takes three years to completely get to know someone, which is where I get my three years uh -huh. from. Um, and so once you hit a three year mark with being in a, maybe maybe not a dating relationship, but being in a friendship where you're at least consistently seeing someone and interacting with them throughout those three years, once three years of a friendship has passed, at least, then that's where you can say, okay, I know this person. Like I have seen them in mm -hmm. a, a holistic kind of sense. So that's why I have three years. Another big red flag is when he puts you above Christ or vice versa. This is mostly important because what we were saying about finding God, then finding yourself, and then finding your other person. Yeah. Your significant other should never love you more than God. Yeah. I mean, because look at it this way. God is love. Like, capital L. He is the essence and epitome mm -hmm. of love and so if you or your significant other do not know love himself there is no way that they will know how to treasure you mm -hmm. or you will know how to treasure him he should not love you more than god god has got to be put first yeah. if god is the essence of love he is the supreme model of mm. all relationships romantic platonic everything and the relationships that we have on earth are just like a small very small scale version of of the massive love that christ has for us and so if he doesn't see that first then it's just it's yeah. not gonna go well yeah and that's the whole the whole ultimate purpose of relationships mm -hmm. that we've mentioned before is the way that my pastor said it at his son's wedding is ultimately a marital relationship is a trailer to the movie that we ultimately want to see mm -hmm. um, because relationships here on earth are a microcosm a micro aspect of the unity between christ and his church of christ's love for us and so your relationships whatever they are romantic marital between parents between siblings between friends between cousins it's a testimony of the love of christ for his church and so ultimately no matter what relationship you're in the purpose of it is to be a testimony to a world that has dismissed its creator. Another really big red flag is when they are immature and they are not growing and maturing as they should be at that stage in life. If you're both whole independent adults, you should be acting as such and not shrugging responsibility or not owning up to your mistakes. If you make a mistake, you should admit as such and you should be receptive when people call you out on that, when they are brutally honest. 
and given there is a time for joking and laughing and having a good time and mm -hmm. messing around with each other in an appropriate manner but you do need someone who is going to not push the push lines to recognize when when something is appropriate when something is not appropriate mm -hmm. and, and taking that maturity and then on the other side of that of recognizing mistakes you should never love someone so much that you cannot see their flaws and C.S. Lewis spoke to that in saying that that perfect love, love that rounds off, will, won't blind yourself to a person's flaws, a, broken, a person's brokenness and innate depravity, but it will love them despite it. And I think that's a really good point too about being mature while still being funny, goofy, youthful. That doesn't mean that you can't have both. You just have to have a good balance. Balance is a wonderful oh, thing. Goodness. And when you find the right person and when, you, when you're the person that you should be, you have that balance, you have the yin and yang in a healthy way. Yeah, in not, not a dependent clingy way, yes. but in a beautiful complementary way yeah. of how God has made order in the universe. It's a wonderful symphony of people. <laughs> I love that. But then also take into note that if, if you wait until you have fixed yourself fixed to get married, you will never get married. Because even, I mean, the whole point of like, you know, when you become a Christian, you don't stop sinning. Like you are never going to be in this lifetime on this earth before Christ comes back. You are never going to be perfect. And so if you wait until you are perfect in order to start a relationship, it's never going to happen. And that goes back to the ultimate purpose of marriage. And one of so the main purpose, of course, is to reflect Christ's unity and love for the church. But also it's to sanctify us, to grow us, to help progress us. Marriage is set up to disappoint in one sense, so that we will be constantly going back and abiding in the love of our Savior. And then in the other sense, it's meant to be like two really rough rocks put through a tunnel together that bump and nudge and grow, and so that you will come out on the other side of marriage rounded off. It will be hard, but so beautiful. How that applies if you're in a dating relationship or if you're wanting to start that is looking for someone who exhibits those quali those good qualities. Someone who is going to be honest with you, is going to treat you like an adult and um, still being kind and being respectful, not someone who's going to be goofing off the entire time. There's a time and place for that, but you need to have moments of maturity where you are two independent adults growing more towards Christ, sanctifying each other to be your best version of yourself, the closest version of yourself to Christ that you can be. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's a lifelong pursuit. And one way to define maturity, that can be kind of seem a little ambi ambigu ambiguous, ambiguous. It can see, seem a little ambiguous, but one way to define maturity is your ability to focus on the task at hand. And the president of our university has talked about this with chapel services, about people being on their phones. It's, it's a mark of immaturity if you cannot get off your phone and focus on the chapel service. And so whatever's going on around you, being able to focus and being like, hey, this might not be where I want to be right now, but it's where I'm going to be. And I'm going to be respectful of the service at hand of, you know, what's going on. And it, it could be church, it could be chapel, something like that, where you need to be respectful and of whoever's putting the service on and the fact that ultimately that service is supposed to be honoring and glorifying God. Or it could just be in a, you know, average time in the grocery store or at home or just out and random in public. A mark of maturity is being able to sit back and focus on what's going on around you. He said something about how reproof sticks with you and that you should not think more highly of yourself than you ought. If you think more highly of yourself than you, than you are in a relationship, first of all, the other person is going to get really sick of that really fast. Yeah. 
and, and it's supposed to be outdoing yeah. one another and showing honor and serving mm -hmm. that's one of the only two arguments that you're allowed to have one is i'm the biggest sinner in the room you can't change my mind and then the other one is constantly outdoing one another in showing and doing good works and showing honor mm -hmm. and serving like i should always be trying to outserve you not in a competitive way in like a you know you and me trying to serve somebody else mm -hmm. but in me trying to serve you i should constantly be laying my life down to help serve you and dying to myself to help lift you up and so that's a, a relationship should constantly trying to pour into the other person ultimately the very essence of love is focusing on someone else the very essence of love is putting someone else's needs before your own you know you have found true love when it's not about what you can receive from someone it's not about how they can coddle you and love you and make you feel human you know you have found true love when your heart desire is to show that to them to take the love that you are receiving from the father and to export that to them and to give to them and to sacrifice to them and to serve them